0: Welcome to the Modern Classrooms Project Podcast with Kareem Farah, Kate Gaskell, and me, Zach Diamond. Each week, we bring you discussions with educators on how they use blended, self-paced, and mastery-based learning to better serve their students. We believe teachers learn best from each other, so this is our way of lifting up the voices of leaders and innovators in our community. This is the Modern Classrooms Project Podcast.
1: Welcome to episode 35 of the Modern Classrooms podcast. My name is Kate Gaskell. I'm the Director of Teaching and Learning here at the Modern Classrooms Project. And I'm so excited for today because we get to talk to two school-based educators who work hard supporting and coaching modern classroom teachers in their buildings. Um, So I'm really excited to reintroduce you because Lisa Doty has been on the podcast before. Hey, Lisa. Hi, Kate and someone new to our podcast that I'm excited to introduce our listeners to Jamie Forshey. Hey Jamie. Hi Kate. Um so Lisa tell us a little bit about yourself um you know reintroducing yourself to our listeners and you know reminding them about a little bit about your career in education.
2: Great. I'd be happy to. Um, This is my 14th year in education. I've taught in private and public school, um, elementary, and now I'm in the middle school. And it's my second year as an instructional coach. And so spring of 2020 uh, was my first year as an instructional coach. And so that's uh, really where we are. And so this year, I'm just supporting teachers, continuing our work um, and, and plowing ahead. So that's a little bit about me.
1: Well, thank you for everything you're doing right now. Our teachers need a lot of love between last the end of last school year and this school year. And uh, Jamie, we're so excited to have you on. Welcome to the podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about your career in education?
3: Sure. So this is actually my 33rd year in education, all of which I've spent at Belwood Antis. I began my career as a sixth grade teacher and spent 19 years in the classroom and for the past 14 years I've been in some form of an instructional technology role so from an instructional coach to an instructional technology specialist. And then the last four years, I've actually been the director of instructional technology and media for for the district, working in a K-12 capacity. How we found out about the Modern Classrooms Project is is really kind of interesting. We have some teachers that were interested in utilizing a blended learning model in their classrooms and were digging around a little bit on Twitter. And ironically, one teacher from each building level, elementary, middle, and high school, all found Kareem while doing so. And so they individually, without knowing that the other one did, contacted me and said, hey, can we take a look at this model and potentially utilize it in our classrooms? And we not only are utilizing it in those three classrooms, but have about a third of our staff trained in the model. So we're really excited about all of that and where it's going to lead in the future.
1: Oh, that's so fun. I didn't, I don't think I realized that the various teachers at Bellwood found the model independently and then reached out to you. Right. It was crazy. I mean, I
3: got three separate messages and, you know, about the same topic. And I said to those, those three individuals, did you guys like get together and plan this, you know, kind of sneak attack on me or what? And they <laughs> had no idea that the others had found the similar information. So it's really kind of cool.
1: So, Jamie, you serve as the Director for Instructional Technology and Media. Lisa, you serve as an instructional coach, and you both went through the Modern Classrooms Virtual Mentorship Program. Um, we get a lot of questions as a Modern Classroom staff from instructional coaches, from um, educators who are, they don't have a classroom of their own anymore. They work in a role that supports teachers, and they ask us, you know, can I can I still do this? Can I still take advantage of this professional development opportunity? And what would I design in the virtual mentorship program? For listeners who haven't gone through the virtual mentorship program, you know, a K-12 teacher will design a unit for their classroom that is blended, self-paced, and mastery-based. That's, you know, so our professional development is really a time to plan as well. But Again, instructional support professionals will frequently ask, well, what do I design when I'm going through this? I'm curious to both of you when you were going through the virtual mentorship program, what did you create and get mentor feedback on? Lisa, what did you do?
2: Well, kind of like the educators that Jamie described, I found it on Twitter and took it to our curriculum director because I wanted to go through it myself and kind of shore up what I was going to do with our teachers when we came back uh, to school in August of 2020. And so when I went to them, we ended up taking a whole group of teachers, our first of four cohorts through the program. I think we're on our fourth now. So fast forward to you know being in the program myself what did I work on, I knew that I would be working on professional development with the teachers in my building. And so I got a a head start, if you will. Um, I planned all of our professional development that would support teachers if we were remote, hybrid, or in person. So I kind of took designing their learning management system. We use Canvas in our district. So i developed some lessons actually an entire unit on how to best design a canvas course how to do this blended self-paced mastery-based learning approach and and put all of that together in a giant unit and so that's what i worked on myself for my assignments
1: that's really interesting so you i love that you got a head start on your your pd work for the year then Yes.
2: It was very, very helpful because once we knew when we were going back and how it was going to look, there wasn't a lot of time to take a big step back and get a big picture. It was, it was go time. And so I had all of this amazing content put together and ready to go so that I could just step in and support the teachers. Kind of how a teacher wants to be ready for class on Monday at 8 a.m., I was ready to go and help them the best way I could.
1: Yeah. And we do see a lot of instructional coaches take that approach. Uh, Jamie, when you were going through the virtual mentorship program, uh, what did you create? Well,
3: actually, I almost need to take a step back from the virtual mentorship program and explain that we were really fortunate to have Kareem come to our district for three days when we initially got involved with the Modern Classrooms Project. And so he spent time on site And we worked on videos and self-pacing plans and uh, mastery checks, those kinds of things in his presence. So he conducted the professional development and taught us along the way how to actually develop and utilize these components of the model. What I worked on at that point was something that I was the most familiar with, which was sixth grade math. And so I created um, a unit on, or I should just say, you know, a, a lesson with all of the components on order of operations, just so that I could take that back to some of the teachers in the middle school that were more reluctant about uh, joining the the program. But then when I took the actual course, Kareem suggested that since our district was one of the first to utilize the model a lot in the elementary setting, that I should complete a project or lesson unit, whatever you want to call it, um, as a first grade math teacher. So that was frightening to me because I had never taught you know, at that level. But it turned out to be a really valuable experience because developing that unit and doing something that was completely out of my wheelhouse, something that was out of my comfort zone turned out to to be really, like I said, valuable in a number of ways. One being like you have that experience that a teacher actually experiences when they're doing something that's completely new. And secondly, I I think that that gives you credibility, especially for individuals like Lisa and I that are no longer in the classroom setting. um, When you can walk the walk and talk the talk and you've been there, kind of done that as educators have, I I think that that really helps you as an instructional coach to promote and support and encourage others in the program.
1: You know, a hundred percent. I agree with that. I think As a teacher, I would oftentimes feel that my most effective coaches, my most effective administrators were people who were going through a professional development experience alongside of me and could speak to, you know, yeah, could speak to how tough it was to maybe wrap my mind around something or really implement something in my classroom, make this effective, make it mine. That was, you know, they gave me the best feedback, frankly, when they knew exactly what I was going through. We, you know, we always encourage administrators, instructional coaches, really anyone who's going to be working with and supporting teachers to go through our virtual mentorship program themselves. And I think like Jamie and Lisa, like you both lifted up, oftentimes we have instructional coaches or people who support teachers in other ways. They will typically either design a student-facing unit like you did, Jamie, um, to share with other teachers. They might design a teacher facing professional development unit. Like it sounds like you did Lisa and I'd say the third type of unit that we usually see from coaches or support specialists is a combination of materials that are going to review companion skills. So for example, you know, math that students might use in a physics classroom or historical thinking skills that can be, you know, plugged in and used in a social studies classroom as needed, that teachers or departments can reference throughout the year. Those are the three most common approaches we see. Um, coaches and support specialists take in the virtual mentorship program you know so reflecting back on you know serving your teachers working alongside of them in the modern classrooms professional development as a coach are there any prerequisite skills that you hope a teacher would have before embarking on the modern classrooms professional development maybe those are pedagogical
3: skills or maybe those are technological skills Uh, jamie what would you say that's a really good question, Kate. Um, in thinking about that, I would have to say that for me and the experience that I've had with onboarding new teachers into the program, it wasn't really about the skill set that they had. It was about their willingness to learn something new, something completely different than you know current pedagogy. Um, it was about them being self-motivated, persevering through something that was really challenging and, and also being a risk taker because I feel if you have those qualities and traits, that there's not really anything that you can't learn. And so, I mean, obviously it's helpful if you have some technology skills um, and other academic type of skills, but I really feel it's almost about those qualities that um, if you have them and you're ready to roll, that that you can make this happen in your classroom.
1: Mm,
2: I really like to think about it that way. Yeah. Lisa, what do you think? You know, I would have to echo what Jamie said that I think, you know, learning anything new, it's just first to have an open mind. You know, the program is effective on so many levels, you know, the research, the feedback, everything shows that it really does work well. The elements of that self-pacing and mastery-based grading that might be new to some educators and so just kind of leading them and showing them this really does work. Let's approach it with an open mind and try it. And going through it myself first, I could kind of anticipate where there might be questions or needs. So I I really think as long as they came along with me, they trust me a great deal. And just having an open mind, I was able to support them in that way.
1: I think it's one of the biggest misconceptions when we talk about blended learning specifically when we talk about that aspect of the model that people think that they need to show up on day one to the professional development knowing how to create an instructional video or knowing how to screencast um you know i always lift up myself as an example i'm not all that techy, um and i kept my videos pretty simple i just i use screencast-o-matic personally And I was able to create a pretty effective library of instructional videos for my students. I I think that too often teachers feel like, oh, I don't have these tech skills. Like, you know, I'm confident in other areas of my practice, but I'm not techie. So I can't do this when that just, it couldn't be farther from the truth. And like you say, a willingness to learn, um, is more important when, so kind of of this willingness to learn and, um, be, be resilient in the face of new things and struggles that come along with, with new things. When you support teachers who are implementing for the first time, what are some of the common victories and the common struggles you've supported teachers through, particularly in those early weeks of implementation?
2: I would say victories, man, it is just so cool to see the teachers create that first instructional video, especially those who do have a little bit of hesitation about technology when it's finished and they can truly call it their own and they hear their own voice and see their own enhancements and it's their own content, the excitement from them, it is contagious. And so I I really do enjoy seeing them and I have enjoyed seeing them make progress um, along the way and really understanding that, that they do have and always have had what it takes to create quality instructional content for their students. Common struggles, I would say, Especially in the secondary grade levels, it's how do I make this self-paced structure work in my room? You know, I'm also coming from an elementary education background. I taught first and fifth grade. So that guided reading, guided math was pretty common. We did it nearly every day. So I was used to sitting at, I think, uh, Kate, you call it your your teacher's nest. Mm-hmm. I was used to sitting at a table with just a handful of students while everyone else had their destinations. Some of them were required tasks, some were optional tasks. So I was used to managing a classroom of, of students and kind of turning them loose. So I think that common struggle was how do I make this work so students stay on track How do I pace it so that they're doing the must-dos and the should-dos? Is it going to be chaos? Is it going to be a learning environment? And the answer is, yes, it will be a learning environment. It will not be silent, but it's productive noise. And so just working with them and helping them kind of shift their thinking uh, from how will this work to, hey, look at this. This works really, really well.
1: Yeah. What about you, Jamie? Because you also have experience supporting educators across many grade levels. What do you find are common victories and common struggles teachers face in those first, you know, when they're first implementing?
3: Well, I would have to agree with Lisa. I, I mean, the struggles are that that instructional video, and, and I mean, in talking about taking the course personally, um, that was for me the most difficult part of. You know, completing all of those tasks was the instructional video, just, you know, almost being um, intimidated by that. Even though I've had um, technology as being part of my practice for all of these years, I was completely intimidated, like I said, about that. So so I think that in conjunction with where do I begin? How do I actually make this happen? Is this something I can do? Do I have the skill set for this? Those were the struggles that I would say that our teachers encountered when they were beginning the implementation process or even, you know, quite frankly before that when they were taking the course. But those that stuck with it, which I'm happy to report to say um, that all of our teachers have The victory would be the first one. I'd say submitting that video and getting the feedback with that. But um, the overall overarching victory, I would say, is watching the kids thrive when the model is being implemented effectively into the classroom, and even. When it just starts and it's not, say, as as good as it could be in some of the classrooms initially, just making that shift to doing something that transformed from the traditional setting to a more self-paced environment, uh, you could just see... The looks on teachers' faces when I would go in and they would want you to see what they were doing. And just even those little baby steps, they were so excited and, and so proud of themselves. And the students love it, love the model. So being able to watch all of that and, and see the successful implementation, I would say, um, are the victories for not just me as a leader, but for the teachers themselves as well.
1: Oh, yeah. We get so much energy and can feel so good as people who support modern classrooms educators and as teachers ourselves when we see students responding so positively. That's oh it's one of the best one of the best aspects. What have you found, you know, as you're supporting? So I know Lisa specifically you mentioned um self-pacing, which to be honest, I have lifted this up many times. That was the hardest part as a high school teacher, you know, keeping my learners engaged you know, when they might not have the strongest, you know, executive functioning skills, keeping them engaged in this self paced unit. And then Jamie, you mentioned um, instructional videos specifically. So what have been the most helpful resources or strategies when you're supporting teachers who are struggling with those specific elements or
3: struggling with others? So Kate, I can take this one because I would say that um, in terms of strategies coming from a coaching or mentoring perspective, I would say just providing constant support, encouragement, showing teachers, you know, how much you appreciate their efforts and making the shift and um, providing them with positive and constructive feedback would be what I would say are really effective strategies. But in terms of resources, um, in my district I would say that the resource that stands out as being the most fabulous are each other. So, um, you know, like I said, we have about a third of our teachers um, trained in the model. So about 30 individuals and talking to peers and interacting with peers has has been the most valuable resource and sharing examples from other classrooms, um, seeing and hearing what others have to say, almost like in a form of a testimonial, um, that that speaks volumes, and that has been, you know, our, our most valuable asset in terms of resources, I would have to say.
1: Yeah, when I was supporting the teachers I worked with um, at Eastern, other modern classrooms educators, you know, before I became Modern Classrooms Project full-time staff. Yeah, we had the best <laughs> we had the best ideas simply come out of kind of informal after-school conversations we would have as we would gather as modern classrooms teachers, talk about what we were facing and just kind of get the wealth of knowledge in the room, you know, because since we were teaching in the same context, many times the same students, um we could share just small systems or resource tweaks that could make a huge a huge difference and I'm a big believer in you know the power of teacher collaboration just at in our buildings, and it's really powerful when you can have a teacher down the hall that you can go walk to to ask questions. Um, Lisa, what about you? Um, and when it's when you've been supporting uh, teachers who are struggling, struggling with a specific element, or struggling to implement in general, um, what's been helpful?
2: So kind of like what Jamie was saying, um, it's it's not necessarily a a tool, like a tangible, but it's dialogue. And just getting out of the teacher or group of teachers, what exactly is it that your your vision is? What is it that you're hoping to see in the end result? Just having a grasp on what a specific component that they're wanting some support on, And then we kind of work backwards from there to create a plan. So I'm I'm good at finding resources and kind of helping them roadmap it just a little bit. So even if I can get out of them, what do you want it to look like or the end result? Then I can help them with that. So talking to each other. The other thing, like Jamie said, is having another person, whether it's in our building. We've got teachers in other buildings also within our building. So just finding someone else to tap into our our support circle has been particularly helpful. Um, The resources that we get from the ongoing support from the program, those have been particularly helpful as well. So whether that's the slide decks or links to outside resources, book title recommendations, I have been able to put together some resources there and just kind of house it in our learning management system, our Canvas course that we have for the teachers. So for those who may not want to work in a group setting, but they are finders on their own, they too will have some resources to go to.
3: So dialogue and available resources. I was just going to say, Kate, that the resources that the Modern Classrooms Project provides to have have been really useful. So if there's a a particular question, say, about a mastery check, you know, you have all provided so many resources for us to tap into and to grab examples, exemplars that we can share with teachers. Um, But again, you know, just even utilizing the folks that work in your district and you know who's doing what you know, pretty much. And so if teacher A is in need of something along the lines of a self-pacing plan, and they have a question, I know who I can connect that teacher with that would be able to help them or assist them in, in whatever way.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, we do our best to provide provide resources through the monthly webinars, or even, you know, frankly, I've heard educators talk about going back and revisiting either the virtual mentorship or the free course, because there are many links in that, that you might not you know, you might not hit them all the first time you're going through the course, um, but just you know, remembering the login to go back if you're particularly struggling with an aspect of the instructional model can be helpful. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back with a few more questions about coaching and how our school-based staff can really encourage new and old implementers to the instructional model.
0: Hello, listeners. It's Zach here. I've got a love from our teachers for you this week. This one's from an assistant principal in Chicago named Dustin Tatro. And he used the model to develop PD materials for his teachers, which actually ties in really well with this episode.
2: Hi, my name is Dustin Tatro. I work at DRW College Prep High School in Chicago, and I'm an assistant principal. And I have to say that I just absolutely love the Modern Classrooms project, and I did it from the lens of professional development. So just know that I love how this program was completely hands-on. It helped me apply practices immediately, and it was just simply a better and more equitable equitable way of having instruction and education, even for adults. But I will definitely say that if you want to help your students become independent learners and you want to have more time to differentiate authentically, this is 100% the program for you. Props
0: to you, Modern Classrooms Project. Thank you for being around. You can learn more about the Modern Classrooms project. You can take the free course or enroll in the virtual mentorship program at www.modernclassroomsproject.org and you can find that information and more in the show notes for this episode at modernclassroomspodcast.fireside.fm/35. And now let's get back into it with Kate, Lisa and Jamie.
1: Welcome back, everyone. I'm here with two friends, Lisa Doty, middle school instructional coach in Shawnee Heights, Kansas. And Jamie Forshee, director for instructional technology and media at Bellwood Antis School District in Bellwood, Pennsylvania, and we're talking about supporting modern classrooms, teachers in our school buildings. So, coaching—that you know—that beautiful work of providing feedback and serving as a thought partner, and really working to build up our teachers—is both challenging and rewarding. And I'm curious for both of you, as you've worked with modern classroom educators in your school districts. What has been unique about this experience for you as a professional?
2: I think this year should be one for the, well, it is one for the record books and certainly an outlier. Um, unique for me personally, I would say is I was a, a first year instructional coach and going through this myself and wanting to have these teachers trust the process and if I'm being completely transparent, you know, I, I didn't know how the year would look. And so I kind of just had to take a step forward and and volunteer as tribute and go forth with a positive attitude and and see see the whole process through. So for me personally, it was just kind of taking a step toward the unknown. And honestly I relied on the research and uh the reassurance from Kareem when he and I would have our, our meetings together and just go for it. And it worked.
1: And what a what a year to to take that risk, Lisa. I can't oh yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine. Oh wow. Jamie, we've talked about this many times, but you support you support so many teachers at Bellwood Antis. You said about a third of your teachers are implementing and really no one no one's turned back to their traditional way of teaching. What for you has been Unique about the experience of coaching modern classrooms educators.
3: Well, I've never really experienced any kind of professional learning uh, to this extent in my entire career, and I, I've just I just think that this has has just been a comprehensive professional learning uh, module for everybody, and it and it not just hits. Um, strategies like instructional strategies in the classroom, but it but it hits your technology piece. We've been able to weave digital citizenship into, into the whole concept. You know, this, the self pacing. So everything that we sort of talked about um, throughout the years of what we would like to do to make instruction more effective in the classroom, but we would hit like a one off here or a one off there. And this model encompasses everything that we've been trying to achieve. For a number of years. And so for me, as a leader, even if I was just in the classroom, still, um, I would be so excited about the use of this. But from an overarching view, it's just been extremely tremendous, the growth that our um, district has made with the teachers that have been involved in this model. So, so I would have to say that that's, that's been the biggest success, but I would like to also kind of chime in with what Lisa had to say this year has been a wild ride and, um, I know that some of our teachers have been disappointed because they were full steam ahead with with utilizing the model, and they've had to kind of dial that back from what they were used to to accommodate for for COVID. And so that's been a little disappointing for some of them, um, but they've been able to make it work because they're creative and they're inventive, and they um, subscribe to the model so much that they've just been able to adapt and make it work in their environments.
1: Yeah. I'm so excited for the educators who started, you know, who happened to just start this model in an all virtual setting or an, um, you know, a hybrid setting with, you know, if they've had strict social distancing protocols, I'm so excited for them to get to experience this as we are physically reopening schools as social distancing protocols are relaxed. I, I, I've said this many times but I think if if an educator can can implement this instructional model this year in the midst of so much next year is going to be so much easier they were forged in fire and they have a lot to look forward to when we return when we return to our classrooms in person full steam ahead you know but innovation always requires taking risks and new ideas can be they can be really scary have you received pushback to blended, self-paced, mastery-based learning from your school community or the the larger community of the students you serve? Um, and if you have, what's been effective in clarifying misconceptions or hesitations?
3: So, so, Kate, the individuals that are involved in the program in my district were all volunteers, so they were ready to roll, willing to be there, um, really excited about making the shift in their classroom. So we we have not really received any pushback from from anybody involved, the educators, um, administrators or even our school board who, who has all they, all of these individuals have been extremely supportive because we've been able to show the results in the form of data that we've received from the modern classrooms project and we've done internal surveys and a survey through the bright light survey uh, a company that we use to determine the effectiveness of some of our ed tech programs and all of the growth that we have achieved Um, And all the results that we have accumulated from these kinds of studies or surveys have indicated that the Modern Classrooms Project and all of its components have been the catalyst for all of that growth. So we're hoping to use those kinds of items moving forward. Um, So we haven't had any pushback, like I said, to date um, with that. But I had mentioned recently that, you know, we were going to... kind of turn this up a notch and try to ensure that all teachers in the district um, were being trained so that they have the skill set. You know, so I I think that there were some concerns about that because, you know, there are always some kind of hesitancy when teachers are told that they're going to do something. So if it comes from a top-down kind of situation, as opposed to it being organic, which has been the case in our district, but we're not saying that any teacher has to utilize the model in every class every day, but we do want to ensure that all teachers have the skill set so that they have then the academic freedom to use the strategies and incorporate them as appropriate. So um, I just have explained it like it's just one more technique for your toolbox and there's value in having, you know, this skill set that you can utilize when, when necessary.
1: Yeah, I think as someone who works for the organization, I can say that really we see the greatest success when teachers choose to opt in. Teachers, teachers are professionals and they understand what's best for their classrooms and also what's best for them at this moment in their career. Um, so, you know, to your point, Jamie, of it being a teacher's choice and it being, you know, sure we have this, you know, this training is available for you and it being a tool for your tool belt, so to speak. Um, you know, that's really when it's, it's, I think any professional development is going to, is going to be most powerful. And in you know, the second point I'll make now as a, someone who's an educator who's left my classroom that I, um, that I just had to nod my head to, as you were saying, like just this idea of the growth being organic. And it's the element of the modern classrooms project that I am the most proud of is truly, truly our teachers are our best ambassadors. And, I, our job can be, our job can be made very easy sometimes because it's simply lifting up our teachers' voices and talking about what they're seeing in their classrooms and why this has made a difference for them as a professional, how this has made teaching more sustainable, how they have felt more effective in their teaching practice, but also the difference that it's made for their students, how their students feel successful and how their students are making authentic gains and, and really a sense of, and gaining a sense of ownership of their education.
3: Right. And I feel, I feel like Kate, that sometimes, um, educators don't really understand what the term blended learning means and what it entails to implement a model like that into their classroom so they don't know what they don't know. So my perspective is we just provide professional development for everybody. You buy in, great. You use utilize that in in your in your classroom. If you're you know skeptical, we can continue to work with you, but I but I feel like if people had um, a little bit more information about the scope and sequence of, of how this all works in a classroom setting, I think that they would be like, oh, well, I, this is awesome. I need to get on board. But if you just have a segment of the population that is like, yeah, no, that's not for me without really knowing what it is. I I think that you, you know, you're kind of missing the boat with those folks. So.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's kind of this idea, like, I think with blended learning, we, we sometimes feel that we need, like, again, we need to be very techie, or we, we, we worry about perhaps losing um, teacher authenticity, you know, with blended learning, like, we don't want to be replaced. My, I, you know, I've, I've crafted, I've, I know this course, I've crafted my instruction very carefully Um, for my students. I don't, I don't want an, an ed tech cookie cutter company to come in and replace me. I, I know what I'm doing. And I think that's it's one thing that I really love about blended learning as the Modern Classrooms Project sees it is it's really leveraging teacher expertise and authenticity and making us making us as the as the teacher um, even more available for our students. Um, Lisa, what about you? I know that I've experienced it myself, you know, innovating, taking my classroom and turning it upside down was really scary. I, no one told me I had to, I was, you know, I was a good, highly effective, quote, teacher um, before the Modern Classrooms project. Um, and it was a lot of work. I'm curious, have you received pushback at all from your community of teachers or the larger school community to blended self-paced, mastery-based learning and what's been helpful in those conversations?
2: You know, like Jamie was saying, we've been very fortunate. We have a supportive school board and supportive administrators who trust their teachers to make sound decisions for students. So on the outset, we were very fortunate in that way, I think because the stakes were kind of high and... Uh, emotions were also running high because we were returning to school and trying to be as safe as possible, and all of those factors playing in, that innovation was scary at a time that was already scary. So, you know, we talked victories earlier, and a victory for me is that they are still very excited and and want to keep going with this next year, and so I'm very very happy to see any misgivings or any lingering questions or clarifications can be made next year when we return to that fully in person scenario so the pushback i don't know if pushback is the right way to think about it but i just think some apprehension might have been the case um i suppose in one way the the progress tracker was kind of like hey you know, how does this work? Are we putting student information out there? So there were some questions and doubts and kind of nervousness about that. And so just to be clear, you know, those progress trackers can be used in so many different ways. And at no time, you know, would a teacher share student information. Um, so I think just communicating and getting those questions answered and talking with administrators and families and teachers, just being very transparent about, yes, this is innovative. Yes, sometimes change can be tricky and kind of scary to embrace, but we are really ready and we have all of the tools that we need to make this work.
1: Yeah. And I I love that approach just about talking. You know, let's let's acknowledge that new things are hard and let's talk about it and let's make sure that we all at least understand the changes that are occurring in classrooms and ultimately, you know, why we're doing that. Keeping in mind, we all have the best interests of our students and their learning, um, you know, at the forefront when we make these decisions. Um, so as you've watched teachers throughout the year, um, really grow in blended self-paced mastery based learning and in a very unusual school year at that, how have you encouraged educators? You know, they've got the basics down. They're confident in making instructional videos. Now we, you know, we've got structures for self-pacing mastery checks. This is going well. How do you encourage them to turn it up a notch, you know, really extend their teaching practice? Um, through the Modern Classrooms instructional model, be that motivation or collaboration or different uses for videos. Um, How have you done that in your school?
3: I would say that um, being involved in the expert consultation program with with Modern Classrooms has helped our growth tremendously. So meeting every other week with our group of educators who are utilizing the model um, has given them the ability to discuss what works what kinds of things are challenges, what are best practices, success stories. So we've been able to share ideas, struggles, you know, and discuss those. And and I feel that the collaboration and the sharing of ideas has really been beneficial. I think our teachers feel heard, they feel seen, they feel supported, they feel appreciated. And you know, when, when individuals feel in that manner that they're going to continue to putting forth their, you know, their best effort. So I I really think that that program that we have been involved with has really um, been amazing and has helped us grow.
1: Yeah. And for clarity, for the listeners um, who maybe aren't familiar with expert consultation, essentially uh, with our school and district partners who opt for more ongoing support, Um, we offer, you know, depending on what the school district wants, monthly by monthly check-ins with Modern Classrooms educators over Zoom, where we just we talk about what's going on, some trends that the school's seeing, field questions. They're so fun. I, I get to join uh, Jamie and her team a couple times each month, and we kind of tailor um, we tailor our time together based on the needs of the teachers. And I get to I get to I always say I get to be a sponge. I get to learn what a group of teachers are doing in one part of the country and share it with teachers in another part of the country, and then kind of share some of. Um, the lessons I learn along the way Lisa uh, what about you what have you found uh, you know as you're watching educators grow in blended self-paced mastery-based learning throughout this school year um, how have you encouraged them to extend their teaching practice you know turning it up a notch if you will
2: Yeah. So, you know, once they've gotten the basics down pat and feel confident in what they're doing, I've worked to dive a little bit deeper into specific aspects of the model. And, you know, like Jamie, we participate in those expert consultations and then even listening to them and jotting down their thoughts as we work through that um, consultation with you, Kate. um, Then I know ways to deliberately plan for their specific needs, whether, you know, it's at the high school or the middle school. I kind of take their feedback and create some content for them just a little bit further. So I borrow some from the um, expert consultation slides. Um, I'll pull from resources that I have. Like, I love the book, Making Thinking Visible. And, you know, I I got that title from you, Kate, uh, several months ago. And so I'm able to curate some uh, resources for the teachers. Specifically, what comes to mind is collaboration. You know, we started out the year fully remote and then we're all back now. And so they're trying to think of ways to make that collaboration in person work and not just collaboration where the the teacher starts, but how to make that a very student driven process and getting that feedback from them. Then I was able to put together some materials for them and create some, you know, infographics or handouts for the students to kind of help them structure their own thinking and doing. And not only that, but just planning from the very beginning of their units, how to build in a collaborative structures. So just getting that feedback and encouraging them to dive a little deeper on certain aspects.
1: Yeah. What I love about books like Making Thinking Visible and, you know, plethora of other texts that we could spend all day on the on the podcast talking about is really the Modern Classrooms instructional model is just going to help you structure the good teaching you're already doing, you know, just well-planned, clarified expectations and give you the ability to, you know, I think more closely support students along the way. And I think that you know, both of you are such good examples of people who, you know, you recognize teacher expertise and you trust your teachers as professionals. And, you know, you see the great things they're doing, you know, they were doing in their classrooms before the Modern Classrooms Project and, you know, the, the wonderful things that they're able to do now with blended self-paced and mastery-based learning. And I, you know, I admire the both of you just for you're what I strive to be. And that's, you know, someone who lifts teachers up and is is constantly is constantly serving as their cheerleader. So I, you know, I think that the teachers you work with, I can say that from working with you, you both closely, the teachers you work with in the districts you serve are very, very lucky to have you both as instructional leaders.
2: Thank you for that. And thank you for joining me
1: on the podcast today, everybody. We've got show notes that are very long. So we've got lots of good resources to share with you. Um, Jamie, welcome to our podcast family.
3: It was so good to have you. Thank you so much, Kate. It was great being with all of you. And Lisa, thank you for coming
1: back again. We'll have you back again soon.
3: Thank you so much. Glad to be
2: here.
1: Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week.
0: Have a great week, and we'll be back next Sunday with another episode of the Modern Classrooms Project podcast.